on the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And I'm Dennis Foley, and welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. Joining us this week, he can be seen each month laying the smackdown on the world of mixed martial arts, Matt Ryan. Welcome. Hello. You can watch our next debater every Sunday morning on Success in the City on the CW35 in San Antonio, Roman Garcia. Hello, Roman. Hello, hello, hello. Happy to be here. And our third debater offers a lighter take on the news and opinions of the day in the Washington Post and WashingtonPost.com. Alexandra Petri, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yes, and they will all be presenting arguments in an effort to try to win over our judge, who this week is James Ponce. His job is to analyze and critique each response our contestants give to questions I present throughout the show. Along with asking the questions, I'm also the show's referee. So if there's something that I hear that I don't like, or maybe it merits a penalty, you will hear this whistle. So before we get started, let's give a chance to give our contestants an opportunity to get to know our judge a little bit better with the questions. So we're going to start with Matt. Do you have a question for our judge, James? James, I do believe we've competed against each other once before. Uh, will any bias against former competitors or people you may know personally affect your judging during this contest? You know, Matt, I I, I don't. As a judge, I, I have to be biased, and I got to be very open. And I remember what you did to me last time, and I think you won. And I didn't forget, but I'm not biased. So uh, you're, it's going to be fair and square. Don't worry about it, Matt. All right. Uh, Roman, do you have a question for a judge, James? Uh, yeah, I do. Are there any particular pronouns you prefer for me to use in addressing you, sir? Ma'am, uh, sir, I like ma'am. To, I like to be called them. So that them, would be a uh, uh, representative. So them ponce. Them say? <laughs> Hearsay? Okay, we'll figure it out. And Alex, do you have a question for a judge, James? Uh, I, I feel like pronouns aren't actually a joke, but uh, I guess my question is, do you have a favorite seasoning? Um, I've, my wife has got this, uh, it's, it's like an all spice kind of thing. And it's just, just as everything spice on it. And, uh, so that's, it's just literally everything in the book. So that's the, the new uh, seasoning that I've been using on everything. Hmm. Okay. Well, I think now is a good time to start playing. Opening arguments on Master Debaters. So in this segment, I'm going to give each combatant a question. That combatant answers the question, and our judge, James, will give them a score between 0 and 10 points. They will have 30 seconds for their argument, and the buzzer will let them know when that time is up. The American Kennel Club has released its list of the most popular dog breeds of 2020, and there's been a few changes in the rankings. That cute Labrador retriever is taking a victory lap, topping the list of the most popular dogs for the 30th year in a row. But this year, the French Bulldog takes the number two spot knocking the German Shepherd down to number three. Those always smiling golden retrievers are now number four, and Bulldogs are at number five. Collies, like the lovely Lassie, are all the way down at 40, and the velvet-toned Bloodhounds are number 46 on the list. Allison Keys, CBS News. So, Matt Ryan, do you agree with those rankings? 30 seconds. I feel like we need to have a conversation, America. We are getting boring with our dog choices, with the cockapoo, uh, the other various breeds out there right now. We need to get open it up a little bit. I personally would like to nominate the Chow as the cutest dog, because not only have I owned Chows in the past, I've fostered Chows in the past, that and as well as the fake uh, the, the fluffy dogs. Fluffy dogs deserve to be number one. All this other stuff is fakakta. I demand a recount. I was not consulted. The American people were not consulted. This is nonsense. James, zero to ten for that. Um, I, I liked it. He was the first one out the gate, so it was more opinionated than uh, debate styles. I'm, I'm going to say eight. Uh, I like. Okay. He, he swayed me. I want to go get a chow now. Okay. 
So, uh, have you been arguing with your kids more over their digital media use? Well, you're not alone. It's no secret screen time for kids has been on the rise during the pandemic. Now a new study says the uptick has caused more family tension. According to the new digital wellness lab at Boston Children's Hospital, nearly half of parents surveyed said they had argued more often with their children over it. 36% said the disputes had become more intense than before the pandemic, and 20% said the disagreements happened more than once a day. Lisa Mateo, CBS News. So, Roman, do you think the battle between parents and kids over screen time has increased or decreased since the start of the pandemic? 30 seconds. Well, if anything, I think parents have become just as bad as the kids, myself excluded, have become just as bad as the kids because I know with my wife, I'm having to tell her every single day, put down your phone as much as I'm telling my kids. Now, because I spend more time talking to her, I, I guess that's what makes it even more irritating. Like my kids, they do their own thing. They're walking around the house, whatever. But she's literally in bed watching TV and looking at her phone. Or I'm talking to her about something. She has to go, huh, huh, huh. So I think parents are setting just as bad as an example as the kids. All right, James, score zero to ten. You know, I'm, I'm going to, as well, I'm going to have to go eight because it's very strong. And not only did he sway me a little bit uh, for the discussion, I actually, I, I kind of, I agree with him uh, totally. Okay, there are concerns. As it should be. There are concerns over a new drinking trend in the Middle East. It began with the Einstein Cafe chain serving coffee in baby bottles. They did it with juice, too, and it caught on quickly at other cafes. Some customers have been bringing their own bottles and asking baristas to fill them up. Now, officials from Kuwait to Dubai are cracking down, storming shops, issuing warnings and fines. They say grown-ups drinking from baby bottles violates local traditions. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. All right, Alex, <laughs> drinking coffee from a baby bottle. Do you think this will become a trend in America? 30 seconds. I never want to rule out any bad idea becoming a trend in America. I feel like that's the number one thing you need when you're becoming an American trend. So I think I can see it happening. I feel like it's definitely a step up from whatever that thing was like butt chugging back in the day that they were trying to get everybody into. So I think on a scale of horrible ways to consume liquid, you know, it could be kind of soothing. Although coffee is not a soothing beverage. So I hope that they have an array of things that we're going to be forced to consume when this trend end up invariably hits and the continent. All right, James, score zero to 10 for that. <laughs> I have to say, can I do a 9.5? Because Alex said, hey, it's not worse than butt. I don't even say it. She pretty much said, and it's right. You know what? You got a great point. I, we'd rather have the bottle trend Touch trend, and it wouldn't be surprising. So <laughs> 9.5 for that one. All right. Well, coming. I'd like to speak on the white trash portion for a second. I drank soda. <laughs> All right. Well, more debate coming up. This is Mash Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. So things are going to start heating up a little bit. We have Matt Ryan, Roman Garcia, and Alexandra Petri this week trying to convince or judge James that their argument is the best argument. And if you want to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to our website, ktsa.com, and enter uh, to be uh, our next judge. Let's keep the debate going. For argument's sake on Master Debaters. So in this part of the show, I'm going to give all three contestants the same question. And they will each take a turn presenting their argument on that topic. After they all take their 30 seconds to respond, our judge will give them each anywhere from 0 to 10 points for their responses. The first topic, a four-day work week? Well, Spain may be trying it. Already the land that brought you three-hour siesta breaks in the middle of the day, Spain could become one of the first countries in the world to trial a four-day work week. The government's approved a small pilot project for companies interested in the idea. Spain is not alone. New Zealand, Germany, and other countries are considering the idea. Supporters claim shorter work weeks increase productivity, improve work-life balance, and improve workers' mental health. With those issues in ever-sharper focus, since the pandemic began, the four-day work week may be an idea whose time has come. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. And now for the unaware out there, a four-day work week typically means four 10-hour days instead of five eight-hour days. Matt, yay or nay, yay or nay on moving to a four-day work week, 30 seconds. 
It would be a yay, yay. The idea of a four-day work week, it, it is a mental health concern because everybody's felt this during the pandemic. We've all been working longer hours. You lose track of time. You lose track of days when you're sitting at your computer all day. You have no break. I think a four-day work week works well. In the real world, too, once we end this never-ending Backstreet Boys reunion tour we call a pandemic, I think it's time for us to consider this in the United States. It's time for us to take a look at alternative options for different styles of employment. And also, you know what? Yeah, $15 minimum wage. Let's do that, too. Roman, 30 seconds. All forward, if anything, Spain's behind the eight ball because we've had four-day four work weeks in the United States for uh, a decade. I used to have a four-day work week, and uh, I had a friend that at the same company, they even actually offered a three-day work week. And so I think it's a great idea because you're going to spend all that time in traffic anyway, going five days uh, or whatever it may be, or you like I said, being on your computer. Four days is great. I say we do three um, and, and just live your life. Have some fun. Alex, 30 seconds. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm absolutely team four-day work week, get that minimum wage up there. I think the real tragedy, among the many tragedies of the pandemic is the fact that everything else that is enjoyable about life has gone away, but work has continued uninterrupted, whether you're essential or just a person with a computer whose job is just staring at that computer. Somehow, just because your commute is gone, you don't spend fewer hours working. If anything, Americans have spent more time working during the pandemic, and I think that's bad. And so anything that pushes us away from that, I'm all for it. All right, James, what scores do you want to give out? Zero to ten to each of our contestants. All right, we'll, we'll go down, of course, from uh, the order that they were presented. Um, you know, this is a tough one because I know everyone's pretty much agreed. It's a little tricky when you're debating, and this topic is very hard to disagree with because I'm sure we all uh, want it. But, Matt, off the bat, you were first, so you got a nine. Uh, very political. I wanted to vote for you. I don't know what you're running for, but I was like, yes, you got my vote. Um, district guy or whatever governor you're in, uh, New York needs a guy. Uh, <laughs> Roman, just for the cause, I'm just you. You guys already know what your scores are going to be uh, because you agreed. Uh, Roman eight. I like what you're saying. I agree. You're you're ready. I, I I know Roman. I'm not I'm not giving him any extra bump. But Roman's been working a, a two hour work week uh, since I met him. Uh, <laughs> Alex, Alex, of course, you're seven. Why do you only... think I push for the three day? I'm I'm going to push it as far as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, seven only because you were last on there. Uh, you could have easily just, even though you didn't want to, just say, "Hey, no, we we need to mark more days." Even if you didn't want to, not your fault on this one. But I got to give you a seven. <laughs> Next topic. That's it. With the conversation around sexual violence getting more attention in Australia, that and that country's uh, attorney general denying an accusation he raped a 16-year-old girl more than three decades ago. A police official is suggesting the answer might lie in technology. New South Wales Police Commissioner Mick Fuller says dating apps already bring people together, so why not develop something to document consent? They create these apps that bring people together, which is a complex thing to do, right? Bring two people together who, who agree to go to dinner or go to the movies. You know, surely that, that's something that they could consider within this to protect the people using these type of apps. So we're going to start with Roman. Is this a good idea or a bad idea? 30 seconds. Oh, in today's day and age, I it almost seems like a good idea, but but I have a hard time really getting behind it, no pun intended, because of the fact that this type of thing started as a joke on the Chappelle show. For those who remember, he had a whole bit about this form he had to sign with check boxes uh, with the stuff you were okay with. So... I don't know. What do you do if your phone died and you're like right in the middle of something? You can't pull up the app and, and start clicking yes. So I, I, I don't know. I can go both ways on it. Again, no pun intended. <laughs> Alex, 30 seconds. Look, I think actually one of the things that like contributes, not to be all serious for a second, but like to rape culture is this idea that like consent is some very difficult, arcane thing to obtain. You have to find like, it's. I, I don't think it's actually like, Oh my God, they're going to fill out forms in triplicate and suddenly like things won't be sex anymore. No, like if you aren't able to ascertain whether your partner is consenting, you have a serious problem. I think consent is the bare minimum. Like, and so this idea that like, oh, look, maybe an app, like maybe we'll solve it. These are not complicated problems and people need to, just, it's a default. And Matt, 30 seconds. 
like every app pitch meeting I've ever seen on Shark Tank, this man could not explain what the thing actually does. And I think that's the crux of the conversation to piggyback off of, a le of Alex's point. When you take a look at the idea of consent, it's a very bare bones thing. Yes, there are some things that end up getting lost in the gray area, but the idea of consent is a very hard and fast idea. And once you delve into that with an app, what, where are we going here? What does it actually do? Like, there's no actual basis behind the app. It's just a thing this guy said. So, James, what scores do you want to give those arguments, 0 to 10? Uh, Roman, with the pun, uh, he had, he had uh, puns at the top, and uh, at the end of it, no pun intended as well. But Roman gets a 9 uh, for that. Uh, he's, he's, he's very guy. And that, like, come on. I said they're no puns. Uh, they're not puns. They're... Just not puns. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a ten because she's right. She's pretty much in a nut. If I'm just gonna try to redirect it here, but I mean, if you can't sue a deal, if if, if a, a, a click or a check mark is gonna kill it, then you weren't. It wasn't gonna happen anyway. So Alex gives a ten for that. Uh, Matt, I'm gonna say nine. Um, it, man, I, I wanted to do ten, but I just I just don't want to do ten. I want ten for each of you guys. Ah! But yeah, nine. It's, I, I loved it. He's right. You know, it's just, it's another thing. What does it mean? Who cares? All right. Next topic. The San Antonio fire chief used a couple of choice words during a hearing concerning a fired firefighter. It happened during a virtual Zoom hearing concerning a firefighter who was let go after a DWI arrest. It got personal when the man's attorney questioned Chief Hood about media portrayal of firefighters. Not all the time is newspaper fair to firefighters, including you, Correct. Objection. I don't know what a newspaper has to do. The chief said, what are you talking about with this bleep? Get the bleep out of here. Hood received a letter of discipline last year after a photo of him posing next to a naked sushi model stirred up a firestorm. Elizabeth Ruiz, KTSA News. So we're going to start with Alex. Is the fire chief cursing during an arbitration type of hearing a big deal? 30 seconds. I have to say, I'm sort of confused what the story is. So he... Is this so? This is this guy with a sushi, but he's also mad now about the newspaper coverage. And is is he sober when he's mad? I, I'm totally adrift and in a fog as to what's going on here. But I do feel like it seems like this man is maybe not the optimal fire chief. It seems like he may be having some difficulties and should straighten those out. Uh, but I I, tr I truly am not exactly 100 percent on what what's happening, other than that he's uh, yelling and so forth. <laughs> Matt, 30 seconds. He got, he was cursing, it's that he got caught cursing, much like him getting caught with a naked sushi model. Uh, those two things, um, unless he, and that, unless that's impeding him from fighting fires, unless it's impeding him from doing his job and taking care of the community, I don't care how you eat your food as long as everybody's there is down with the deal. Like, this is something, and also cursing. We're at the point in the society where you can curse on basic cable. You can't curse on here. I don't want to get Dennis fine. But, that's that's the least of our worries. And Roman, 30 seconds. Uh, he's a firefighter. Uh, let him curse. He's saving lives, fighting fires. Um, maybe the guy did ask a stupid question that maybe did deserve that kind of like response. Like, what like what are you even talking about, bro? Like, what is this? And, and, and he maybe needed for to get the guy's attention. He needed to throw in some choice F words, you know, every so often that 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 works. You know, in some cases it doesn't. Obviously, you know, when you're giving a toast at a wedding, things like that. But but in this case, you know, maybe the guy asked a stupid effing question. All right, James, uh, what scores you want to give out zero to ten for those arguments? Uh, Alex, simply because of the uh, I guess the, the source and the information maybe wasn't too clear. I'm just going to say six. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're just like, hey, what what's going on? Uh, which is okay, Alex. Uh, Matt, I'm going to say nine. Uh, I, I, I fully uh, on that. Uh, very clear, thorough. I like that. You just come on, let, let the guy cut. And uh, Roman, I'm going to say eight. Roman's was very much like, a, come on, man. It was very much like, it was very much like a like a dad watching a football game, and he didn't like the call. Uh, but still, get to me.
All right, next topic. That's one Rocky Mountain High price to pay for a coffee. How much is that cup of joe worth to you? Just ask Lisa Angelo, who ordered coffee at the Gaylord Rockies Resort in Aurora Christmas Eve. Her holiday treat came with a whopping price tag, $5,700. That's a trip to Paris. At first, she thought it was fraud when she got an alert of insufficient funds. I realized that 570570 was the dollar amount put in twice. Months after back and forth with the bank and hotel, she finally got a provisional credit, her account no longer in red. Certainly a coffee break she'll never forget. Lionel Moise, ABC News. So aside from the clear error in this case, how much is too much to spend for coffee? We're going to start with Matt, 30 seconds. Uh, this is a bad question for me because I drink about a pot of coffee a day. But I let's not be stupid here. It's beans over water that is hot. And also it's Aurora, Colorado, so shout out Dan Soder, Crackle, Crackle. Uh, $5 is the most I'll pay for just a big cup of coffee. But for the higher end stuff, uh, like that cat coffee or something like a Frappuccino, I could see $8. Coffee's a commodity. You base it a commodity off of the market. That's simple economics. Boom. Stonks. Roman, 30 seconds. I'm pretty cheap. And so, really, I, I like my coffee, I make my coffee one bean, and, and I stretch it out with a lot of water. So, you're talking to a guy who doesn't spend a lot of money on coffee. Now, I know there's some of those people that like to do weird stuff, like they like to add gold flakes to their drinks and whatever, because then they later they want to poop gold and some weird freaky thing like that you know but you know that's that's their deal but to me you know what a buck for a cup like i'm back in 1960 now alex your 30 second argument okay i will say there's no amount that is too much to pay for coffee my demand for coffee is highly inelastic to use an economics term i think coffee is such a great substance that we like as a culture have accepted that garfield the cat who's a cat who doesn't work still needs a cup of coffee to get going in the morning and like i love good coffee where they tell you the whole story of the bean and how like a well-compensated farmer carried it down the mountaintop in the morning and sang to it and made it have its distinctive flavor and hints but i think like if you want to pay fifty-seven thousand dollars for coffee they should push somebody's car off a cliff with like your enemy's car all right james what scores you want to give up for those arguments uh you know, I I live close to the Gaylord. I've been there before, so I know that lady's pain. Uh, and with Matt, I, I you know, I it was a little bit uh, economics. It was a little bit uh, of truth. It was a little bit uh, all around a coffee aficionado. He loves that I give an eight. Roman, I'm gonna say seven. Usually, something about uh, gold flakes coming out of your rear would give him some bonus points <laughs> for today. For today, it was a seven. And Alex gets a nine. If you go back and replay uh, Alex's uh, her, her debate, uh, it's going to sound like a coffee commercial. Hi. We, you know, like it sounds like a perfect commercial. Garfield even drinks our coffee. We, I don't even know. But it's, it's just great. So if you get the night for that. I'm in the pocket of big coffee. <laughs> Next topic. The pandemic created a lot of anxiety for us. Now you can add this to the list crowd anxiety. With the warmer weather and loosening restrictions, there's something we haven't seen for a while at places like parks and zoos, crowds. It's a lot of people. We didn't expect this many people. And that is making some people very anxious. It can really feel like it's out of control. Dr. Don McGeary of UT Health San Antonio. Every time we change our routine, we change the way we're doing things, it's going to be stressful. The decision people have to make for themselves. People are anxious to get back to normal, but at the same time, minimize their risk. That CBS's Cami McCormick. So we're going to start with Roman. Have you experienced more crowd anxiety in places? And do you think this will be a common experience for many people? 30 seconds. You know, I have to a small degree. But I think what it is, because now even more so, and I'm the kind of guy that was a little germaphobic anyway. I'm the kind of guy that, that, that now though really starts to think about, man, all these people are breathing on me. Even if it's not even necessarily COVID, it's just like, you're all just breathing on me. But then I have to think about the fact that, you know, I don't want to be paranoid. I have to take some pity on like the, the orgy crowd, like those people that want to still get their groove on. Like, oh man, how did they feel? So I should over overdo it, you know? Alex, 30 seconds. 
I think it's amazing how many years we just used to go around breathing on people and thinking nothing of it. It blows my mind now. I'll never take it for granted again. I think, to me, though, the problem isn't so much crowds as anytime I see somebody's nose, I have like a visceral response. It doesn't matter if there's like, it's peering out over the top of a mask or it's just a whole face with a nose in it. That's what really gets me. I think it's going to take me a while to get accustomed to seeing noses in crowds or out of crowds. Uh, the crowd is not so much the problem as like the visceral response to that part of the face. And Matt, 30 seconds. Growing up in working in New York City for my entire life, I have had to take the New York City subway. And if you take the New York City subway at any given hour of the day, the odds of you being slammed into by half a dozen, if not two to three dozen more people in the same train car is a thing. Try walking through Times Square on New Year's Eve trying to just get to this train. That is the level of anxiety I have now just walking around the neighborhood. Not necessarily, but if you lived in New York, you can handle it. Now, it should be noted that you really can't physically walk through Times Square on New Year's Eve. because That, that is not true. That is, It was in the setup to New Year's Eve. There are parts of Times Square where there are roped off for people to walk through for pedestrians. Okay. Well, uh, James, what scores do you want to give our debaters? Zero to ten. Uh, so, uh, you know, Roman had uh, an eight he had one argument and then he threw in the other argument so he had two uh pretty much interacting each other um with with uh, i guess an orgy so he gets a 10 for that because he uh has both ends <laughs> covered um Alex, i'm gonna say seven uh and matt you know I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna say eight on that one okay next topic uh bobcat and a tire cub now have a new home after a shocking discovery made by deputies here in texas the notoriously feisty felines were found inside a suburban San Antonio home. When we first got here, the bobcat had free run of the house. Uh, the lady uh, told our, our special investigator that it was tame, there's nothing to worry about. I don't think she's got a full understanding. It's a wild animal you're dealing with. Bear County Sheriff Javier Salazar said it didn't take deputies too long to find the other cat taking residence inside the house. They saw a paw sticking out from under the door, and my uh, special enforcement sergeant said, well, what's that? And she goes, oh, that's a tiger. Very matter of fact. Both are now staying at the San Antonio Zoo until they could be moved to a wildlife sanctuary. So we're going to start with Alex. What wild animal would you consider to be probably cool and reasonable to have as a house pet? 30 seconds. I feel like probably as big as I would go is like an aardvark because I feel like that'd be useful. Like, I, I don't know, it could, it could get ants. Um, and now I'm going to get all the aardvark people who are like, actually, they need a certain environment and you wouldn't be able to provide that environment. I, <laughs> I doubt I'd be able to provide like a good aardvark environment, the, the enrichment they need. I barely have enough enrichment for myself. So I feel like more it would be a question of making my home welcoming to any kind of creature versus like how big of a creature it is. But yeah, I'm going to say aardvark, useful, uh, good nozzle. <laughs> Matt, 30 seconds. I'm going to go with a, you know what? I'm going to go with a lemur. I feel like something that could ride my dog and sit on my shoulder as if it were a sidekick or a quato esque portion of appendage of my body would be fun. And also, I would get it a very small leash and walk it around the neighborhood and treat myself like I were, in fact, the cartoon character I portray myself as on this program. <laughs> Baba Bowie. And one more time, Baba Bowie. Roman, 30 seconds. Okay, I used to think I wanted a monkey until I was attacked by a monkey. That's a totally different story for another day. So I think as far as wild creatures go, I don't want anything that can strangle me, jump on me. I think I would just go with a burro. Because I'm doing so much work around my house now, trying to live off the grid, that I think I need something to help me just plow and plant some corn and, and squash. And in worst case, if something goes incredibly wrong, we have it for meat. Uh, donkey for dinner? Um, yeah. James. For dinner? James. Uh, what score is 0 to 10 for those arguments? Oh, all right. Um. Alex, I, I had you at an eight, and I'm, but I'm going to bump you up to a nine because yours was very utilitarian. Uh, it, it made it had a purpose to it. You're getting you're getting stuff done with that thing, uh, Matt. I'm going to give you a six only because I know if you you as a debater, if you saw that person walking around with a lemur, you would say you would say something about it. You would say get out of here, something something of that nature. 
Uh, <laughs> it, it, click on your feet. I know right now it seems like a great choice. Just wait till that lemur destroys your house. Uh, and Roman, I hate to do this, man, but I got to give you a four. A burro is not a wild animal. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll, I would love to see you with the burro. Yeah. It can kick you in the face. It's a wild animal. It can kick you in the face. It's a wild animal. It'll kill you. You let it. Well, coming up, our debaters have some things that they want to argue about. We'll hear what they have to say next on Master Debaters from KTSA. This is Master Debaters from 550 KTSA and FM 1071. I'm Dennis Foley. Joining us this week... We have Matt Ryan, Roman Garcia, and Alexander Petri, who are all working to coerce or judge James to give them more points than their fellow competitors. Let's keep this debate going. State your case on Master Debaters. So our competitors before the show came in with a topic they wanted to talk about, a case they wanted to present to our judge. They will get 60 seconds to do so. During those 60 seconds, if the other combatants was a challenge, they will get 30 seconds each after the case is done being presented. Now, after all those challenges, the original presenter will get their own 30 seconds to address the challengers. And if they change the topic from what they had sent in before the show, I will assess an automatic five-point penalty. There are also now more points at stake. Our judge can now give up to 20 points at the end of each topic or take away up to 20 points from everyone, whether they challenge, present the argument, or choose to stay quiet. So right now, our points leader is Alex. So Alex, you get to start with your 60-second argument. Okay, so I there's this thing that came out literally today, uh, Thursday, the, the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. It's four hours, two minutes long. It includes all this plot that got cut, got cut out of the original, and people have been clamoring for it for months or years. I don't know. I have no conception of time. But what I mean by this elaborate preamble, as the founders of the Constitution said, is that I think this is good. I think that every movie should be allowed to have this if enough people like sign an online petition. They should just do this all of the time because I think it's like if people want a four-hour longer version of the Justice League that like all the reviews are reading, they're like. It, what if the movie had less hope but more backstory? It's like some people want that. Give it to them. We, we have Netflix. Everyone can have everything they want. And if people want a four-hour version of a movie that fully realizes Zack Snyder's vision, they should be allowed to have it. I just want this for everything. Like Sound of Music. Give me the eight-hour Sound of Music. Like, <laughs> don't stop here. This should be our path to glory. Fine, Matt, 30-second challenge. All right, so this is another self-indulgent thing from a self-indulgent Zack Snyder. I'm all for whatever you want, but the fact that we're treating this bigger than when the actual movie came out is a little weird for me, and we're not giving the same love to The Godfather 3 being recut, an actual movie franchise that matters. I love Batman, but Ben Affleck is Batman for four hours, does as much for me as a pudding colonic. I have better things <laughs> to do with my day. And you know what? Watch the Snyder Cut if you want. If you want to watch a 4 by 3 movie in 2021, Papa Bless. Alex, 30-second rebuttal. I mean, now that I know about the Godfather thing, I'm much more interested in that, honestly, than in the topic that I initially chose. Because I've still never watched Godfather Part 3 because I, everyone says, don't do that to yourself. Don't put the memories in your mind. It's supposed to be a bad movie where Al Pacino forgets how to act and suddenly all the things that were good are taken away from you. So I've never watched it. But now maybe there's going to be a version I can watch. I'm really interested in this. Tell, talk more about this, please. I know this isn't a good debate strategy, but I'm very excited by this news. Sign me up for that email list. All right, James, what points do you want to give Matt, Roman, and Alex for those arguments or lack of arguments? Uh, negative 20 to 20. <clears throat> so, Alex... Uh... Don't mark these yet. 15 uh, for the argument. I was like, okay, it makes sense. I watched it today. Um, I was part of that group. Like, all right, I'll, I'm in. Take my money. Um, Matt got an 18 for that. He made sense. I, I liked it. It was going. But then Alex, take away three for those. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt won. Matt, Matt won. He, that was the easiest debate he's ever done. <laughs> that was that was even that was like that was it. All right, uh, he, he swayed you over. So. <laughs> so 12, 12 total for Alex, Matt, uh, 18 actually. Let's do 18. And Roman, I'm going to have to take away four from you for the donkey thing still, not even for this. <laughs> 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 
What? You can do that? Is that the rules? He's the judge. He can do whatever he wants. So, uh, Matt. Chime in, so negative uh, minus four. All right. Matt, (laughs) your 60 second argument. So, folks, we need to have a conversation. Let me talk to you real quick about award shows. People complain about there's too many award shows. Who cares about award shows? But then, as soon as something interesting happens in the cultural zeitgeist, you're like, why would my well, my children watch that? Even though five weeks later, why do we, we care about self-indulgent things like the Grammys? Stop. Stop it with your choosy morale, morality and your forcocked nonsense about as soon as something you don't like happens and people like it, you start getting mad. It's like universal health care all over again, but this time it's with WAP. I don't get it. I don't like it. And for if we pick a thing. Either they're too controversial or they're too boring. Find a road in the middle, people. Find a road in the middle and give me your reason to actually care about your opinions. Also, Bill Burr is funny. I will not argue that fact against anyone. That is just a side rant here. I yield my time. Alex, 30-second challenge. Man, I feel like this was less an argument than like a meta argument about the concept of if somebody were to have an argument about award shows, they'd be wrong to do so. I think you should have actually made an argument about the Grammys. Are they good or are they bad? What's your your position is people should have a middle road position. Way to like smarmily demand that there be a position taken without taking one. I think that's cowardice. <laughs> um, also, I like the Grammys. I think, you know, I think award shows, it's, it's good to have people doing things for periods of time that keep them out of trouble. And... <laughs> Roman, 30-second challenge. Yeah, I, I, I'm not real clear whether, yeah, Matt is for or against award shows. I really don't know. But I think, again, if you don't like them, don't watch them. But here's the thing. Because they are so, you know, big and, and everybody knows the Grammys are happening because it's advertised, promoted everywhere, you can't help but at some point the following day, even if you didn't watch it that night, see Cardi B's vagina somewhere because everybody else is now covering it. And so it becomes a thing where then you do wind up having to discuss with your kids what a WAP is. All right, Matt, 30-second rebuttal. All right, so I like watch award shows. I watch the major ones, and here's why. There's always something weird that happens, and I want to find out who died. So... When it comes to the other stuff, you can control your feed. You can control what you watch. I didn't watch the Grammys. You know what I didn't said? I played video games. That's what kids should be doing anyway. If your kid's watching CBS during prime time any night of the week, they're actually a 55-year-old guy from Seattle named Fraser. That's the, there's no other way around that. If you're watching CBS at 8 o'clock and it's not football, you're an old white guy. All right, James, what scores you want to give negative 20 to positive 20 for those arguments? Um, you know, I'll, I'll go down uh, in no particular order. Roman comes timing in. I'm giving, I'm giving him 18. I like that. It, it was, uh, he made, he's like, hey, we can't help it. It's everywhere. Like, what, what do you want us to do? Whether you're for it or against it, it's just there. 18 for that. Nice. Alex, I'm going to do 12. Uh, I like that you called out uh, Matt's argument that was kind of like, in the, hey, where are you going with this? But it didn't hit on what he was saying. Matt, uh, I'm gonna have to say 19. Um, I, I think I think he's absolutely right. I never looked at it that way. Like, you know what? You're right. People complain, and the next day they're they're uh, they're watching. There's and then the two weeks later, like, don't watch this stuff. So 19 for Matt. All right, uh, Roman, your 60 second argument. Okay, I think eating healthy is elitist, and I think we need to stop promoting it so much because it's making people who cannot afford a $15 salad feel bad about themselves and the thing is that when I had a as an example I had a friend who was all about he was now vegan and he was this and he was that and he told me man I really love kale I didn't even know what the hell kale was I thought it was like his new boyfriend and I'm like he sounds nice you know so I think that we just need to just stop food shaming people eat McDonald's eat fries you know it's gonna kill you just do it, and I don't want to hear any more about tofu, and I don't want to hear any more about vegans trying to make vegetables taste like meat, because eat the meat then, if you want to eat the meat. But again, stop with your elitist food, vegetarian, healthy, I'm not going to die of a heart attack, 
Gab. Matt, 30 second challenge. This back in pre on premium blend in 98, so let me wind it back real quick. Uh, when it comes to this, it's not about elitism. You're talking about douchebags. Douchebags are not healthy eaters. They're just douchebags. People can be douchebags and still eat McDonald's. I know this quite well because I am one of them. Eating healthy is an economic problem. You're right. And it's not about poor shaming. It's the fact that we can't provide assets for people to eat healthy, provide healthy options. The cheapest things are actually the worst for us, and that's because of the economy. Alex, 30-second challenge. Yeah, I agree that it's an economic problem. And I also think that the, the jerk thing is a big factor. But I, I also think when you have food problems, the real problem is that people are trying to disguise things as cake. I know that, like, they, they say that things are healthy and, like, you should cut into them. And, but I, I'm never quite confident that anything I'm cutting into is not going to be cake at some point. And I think that's the real food elitism, is not knowing what you, whether what you're eating is actually what it says it is. I don't trust any food, whether it's being recommended to me or by McDonald's or outside McDonald's. And Roman, 30-second rebuttal. Okay, so it sounds like everybody agrees with me and then I'm winning the argument here. No. <laughs> but yeah, that's the other thing. But you guys brought up a good point about uh, you don't even know if what you're eating that is healthy is really healthy. So again, this is all just a big scam ripoff. You're charging people more and then you're mislabeling items anyway. I just barely found out two days ago that something only needs to be 70% organic to be labeled organic. The rest could be 30% pesticides. And that's what I'm saying. So you're, you're, you're lying to people. You're charging them more money. They're dying anyway. All right, James. Scores negative 20 to positive 20. Okay, this was an interesting topic. It was Roman. Uh, I'm going to give him this score because I think this really uh, was uh, uh, from his heart. And this is way of Roman saying, I am not going to eat healthy. Get off my back. Uh, he's going to get a 20. Even the rebuttal was great. And it seemed like everybody was kind of uh, on that same line. Matt, I'm going to say 11. I was there, and it became an uh, economic uh, lesson again, which, uh, hey, you're talking to this judge, and uh, anyone else will probably give you 20. Uh, Alex, <laughs> I'm going to do an 18 for you because you said the, the cake reference was uh, – I like that. I mean, it, it put it in perspective for me. All right. Well, coming up, who's going to win? really the, the biggest question we have on the show. Who's going to win this fight? Well, it comes down to one final battle. We hear that next. This is Master Debaters from KTSA. From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. That argument ends right here, right now. The battle this week is between Matt Ryan, Roman Garcia, and Alexander P. tried to convince our judge, James, that their argument is the best argument, but it comes down to one final fight. Closing arguments on Master Debaters. Where it all gets decided, a four-minute melee. I present a topic, and our three contestants will hash it out amongst themselves for a whole four minutes. No more, no less. Four minutes. At the end of the at the sound of the final buzzer, our judge will give each combatant up to 100 points, or can take away up to 100 points, depending on how they're feeling about those arguments, and maybe this is the general mood as well. The person with the fewest points will get a 15 second head start. Everyone else can join in after a little bell has rung. So right now, the contestant with the fewest points is Roman. The topic. Jesus. We are back in daylight saving time. Do you like it or dislike it? Four minutes starts now with Roman. I like it, but I want to stay in it. I don't want, again, later this fall back, whatever mess. Give me as much daylight as you can. I got, I got fields to plow. I need the daylight. And so uh, the whole idea of back and forth is stupid. Well, the concept of daylight savings time was actually for farmers. It was actually to help them get up earlier, how it actually helped them to deal with I the, get it. the sun rising and the sun <laughs> setting. So you saying that it's kind of a reductive argument, Roman, and trying to go back on the, you know, we farmers, we don't like this when farmers are the reason <laughs> for it. Kind of much like your brother no, no, no. is a backwards ass. Uh, but we so want more you, daylight. We want more daylight. Yeah, daylight, daylight. Is I think a good thing. And also they do, I think there are all these studies, I'm going to make them up if they aren't real, that they say 
everyone is having the equivalent of like a terrible hangover because of daylight savings time. People are getting into more car accidents. Everyone is just a mess. They should pick one and stick with it, and they should pick the one that gives us the most daylight. I, yes. I think bring forward and stay forward. Yeah, stay sprung. We're sprung. We don't need to spring anywhere else. And much like I used to like falling back a lot because I'm a night owl and it's like, well, it's dark. Well, I'm always awake when it's dark. But now I'm just like, give me the most sunshine. I want to be out interacting with people. The the pandemic is once it's dark. I'm not like uh, some goth kid still in high school and I just want to roam the streets at night. I I got I got productive grown up things to do. I need some daylight. My vision's not getting any better as I get older. I need the sunlight. Time is fake. Like, everybody knows this, right? Time's a construct that we view because of something that we needed to figure out for the idea of crops and basically trying to figure out when it's going to get cold and when we can hunt. Yeah, see, it's all so, back to crops. Yeah, so no, so, so, so when you, when you look crops. at it like this, what does it matter if we go forward or go back? Like, if it's fine the way it is now, or if it doesn't matter, like, it, it, does, it doesn't matter. It None of it matters. This is very, like, where does the difference between the past and the future so hard, you're caping so hard for the same amount of time. It's not like we add an hour to the day or take an hour away about from the, the time. day. I care about no, but it matters whether it's bright during that hour or not. get up an hour earlier and then sleep in an hour later half the year. But I want to be awake when my friends are awake. There's still more or less daylight. It's not necessarily even a, when you're but getting But my man, up. what are you actually doing now in 2021 that involves you being outside around people? You are outside in your own house. You make your own rules. We are living in the lawless post time. No, no, I'm around. I'm around. This all comes back to crops and dune. This all crops. goes back to Kyle McLaughlin. Yes. That's Let's where all of the... this goes. It goes right. to Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, you need to put on your still suit and you need to take a seat because and be still and listen to this pun because I have no further argument, but I did want to make that pun. However, I think it's good to be awake when it is when the sun is out and bad to be awake when it is dark. I'm not a vampire. Like, why do I want to? I know time is a contract, but I want to be in the part of the contract. Nothing good happens after 3 3 a.m., Mama used to say. Wait, there's a handy little thing. Hey, Alexa, set my alarm for when the sun comes up. Boom! There you go. But it's still shorter days. It's not even about that. When the the way the sun rotates or whatever the hell, there's more daylight, and that's what we need. I can't control when the sun rises and sets. It's not even just a matter of getting up earlier. If I get up and it's still dark, what does that help? So go back to sleep for an hour. What so this is sounding like those people who are like, I sleep for three hours at three-hour intervals. I do not control myself. People are awake at a time. Be awake at the time with the people. And I have solar panels. I need more sun. What about that? That, that Same I mean, amount of sunlight. Yeah, you will still be getting the same amount of sunlight. I feel Google like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google that. I don't think it's right. All right, James. The question was, do you like or dislike daylight saving time? What scores you want to give out to all three of our contestants, negative 100 to positive 100? Oh, man. I, Roman was doing great, and then at the end, he goes, I just, excuse me, he said, I had solar panels. And that's it. It's still the same amount of That one killed me. Like, that was going to sway everybody. But I have solar panels. What about that? For that, Roman, I, you got to... I'm going to do, you know what, actually, I was going to give you a lower score, but for that, I'm going to give you a 90, because that was just, that made me, that made me, I have solar panels, and Matt just, damn it, it's being a 90, okay, all right, let's see, and then Matt, uh, man, you, you were obviously the, the odd man out on this one, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a 90, Matt, uh, you held your own, you had great points, Alex, I'm going to do 85 on that just because it, you and Roman kind of were like the, like a Voltron. You just made one big, you know, one big robot. <laughs> one big daylight, sunlight, loving creature. Yeah, solar powered. Solar powered. Solar powered. That's right. Okay, well, let's do some math here to see who the master of this debate was. Check things. Let me sure. Put that one there. And... Okay. So, 
After minutes of very, very heated discussion about very controversial topics in our land right now, the time has come to name this week's master debater. In third place, with 176 points, Roman. In second place, with 184 and a half points, Alex. Which means this week's master debater, with 195 points, Matt Ryan. Matt, 60 seconds to celebrate starts now. To quote the late great Omar Little, if you come at the king, you best not miss. And once again, I am the <laughs> supreme of the state of Texas. Don't worry, I'm not going to pull a Teddy Cruz and go to Mexico and then throw my children and wife under the bus, mainly because I don't have a child and a wife. But I am going to be here for you, Texas. Greg Abbott may abandon you. Dan Patrick may be a schmo. But I, Matt Ryan, much like Ernie Ladd, will wear the crown proudly as the true king of Texas. May forever may I reign. I thank Roman and Alex, as always, for being fantastic sparring partners. But at the end of the day, like a young Cassius Clay in his prime, kid's too pretty. Kid, too pretty. And I'd like to thank our grateful judge because he knows he has touched the silver tip of greatness. And he knows that he must bend at the knee of your king. Wait a What? So wait. Don't ever mention tip and bending at the knee. What is this guy? <laughs> Why King of Texas? Why not like uh, you know some other title? Why why does that have to be a king? Yeah, yeah. constitutional monarch wrestling. <laughs> that too. You got a Magna Carta, a whole thing. Okay. This guy hates daylight. How does he win when he hates Well, daylight? that's it. A big thank you to our three contestants this week: Matt Ryan, our master debater, who you can catch covering mixed martial arts for Combat Culture; Roma Garcia, you can catch each weekend on Success in the City on the CW35 here in San Antonio. And Alexandra Peach Ryan sharing her musings on the latest news and opinions floating out there in the world. The Washington Post and WashingtonPost.com. And a big thanks to our judge this week, James Ponce. Master Debaters is a production of XS Studios and KTSA San Antonio. Learn more about Master Debaters online at KTSA.com slash Master Debaters. And uh, also online on Facebook at Master Debaters Radio. I'm Dennis Foley. This has been Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. San Antonio's home for news and talk. On air, online, and on demand. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.